This is Thoughts on the Table by DisgracesOnTheMenu.com. Hi and welcome to the audio blog. Paul again, back for another episode of Thoughts on the Table with Jessica Burgio. Hi Jessica, how are you today? Good morning, Paolo. Everything good here in Florida? How are you? I'm good. How's the weather over there? Still very warm? Absolutely, absolutely. We went to the pool two days ago. Outdoors? Outdoors, indeed. Uh, of course, of course. <laughs> what, what, what do I even ask? Uh, no, here it's, it's cold. It's getting around zero now at night. It freezes. So yes, it starts to look like Christmas, absolutely. Already. <laughs> so... um. Today, uh, you, you said you would like to talk about uh, a couple of specific topics. So the first one was, <clears throat> how is it that Italian food is made in a certain way here? Well, yes, actually, I think, you know, everybody by now has heard of how the original Italian dishes have been modified by the American-Italian culture. What I wanted to discuss is the effort that is required to reproduce the um, original dishes in a faithful way. Mm-hmm. You know, for fairness, it must be mentioned that some dishes in Italy are so connected to the region, which is impossible to actually make them in another region. So from Sicily to Milan, it's very hard to reproduce the perfect cannolo. So, for example, since I mentioned the cannolo, one of the hardest things to find is ricotta cheese. It's really been so tough that eventually I had to figure a way to do it myself. Uh, apparently, Americans think that they can find ricotta everywhere. You certainly find something labeled ricotta in every supermarket. But I can promise that it doesn't really taste like the real thing, no, not even remotely. Yeah. So eventually, I I figured a way to reproduce the ricotta at home. And believe it or not, it's a very simple procedure. And if you like, I can share it with our, uh, with our listeners. Absolutely, yes. Do you have it on your blog or do you want to talk about it right now? I can talk about it because it's very simple. Please go ahead. Yeah, I love to, I love to try it, by the way. <laughs> I've never tried it. I know other, other food bloggers have succeeded in making it. And I was very interested myself. Okay, so here is the recipe. Uh, you put some uh, full-fat milk to boil. So the fat is the milk, the better. Mm-hmm. And uh, when it boils, you add a little bit of salt, just like a pinch. And uh, let's say four tablespoons of vinegar for half a gallon of milk or um, two tablespoons for a liter. Okay. And once you do that, you turn the, the heat off. Let it stay there for five minutes and you filter it. I used the filter that is normally used for coffee and let it there to sit until it's totally cold. Mm -hmm. You can't fail. I mean, I made it the first time and it worked pretty good. The only thing is that out of a gallon of milk, you're probably going to obtain like, I don't know, half a pound of ricotta. Interesting. So you don't have any vinegar flavor left in the cheese? Well, I tried and I really couldn't detect it and I'm kind of piggy, so I think I think it doesn't. Do you think we could also make ricotta salata? Now I'm stretching it. No, it, this is one of the cheese that you cannot really find in the rest of Italy other than Sicily. I know you probably believe you do. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've never I've never known this cheese when I was living in Milan, and now that I'm here, I am expanding more my horizon onto making uh, some dishes from all around Italy. Um, it's my goal to try and accustom myself with all types of regional cuisine. So that's something that I want to do. So I make, for instance, uh, spaghetti alla norma. With ah, the... Paolo, Paolo, Paolo. 
You can do spaghetti alla normale. No, it's, it's impossible <laughs> because I cannot find the ricotta salata. Actually, I did find it once and that's why I made them. And that's in the interesting thing about sometimes living in North America. If you go to the specialty store, and we're lucky in Vancouver, there is at least two or three uh, that carry some Italian products. You may not find everything, for sure you won't. But you will find whatever the owner decides that he wants to import. Now, ricotta salata is not a fresh cheese, so you could, in theory, import it and, and get it from Sicily. That day, he happened to have it in, and <laughs> I had my chance to try it. So I made, for the first time and probably the last time, my spaghetti alla norma. <laughs> okay, well, I'm sorry, but I have to say something about this. You should not make spaghetti with norma sauce. You should use the macaroni. That's the typical dish for Sicily. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a bad match. <laughs> Now, let's say it, okay, that's just a detail because, you know, it's a traditional dish from Sicily. In fact, from Catania, you know, it, the name Norma is uh, after the opera of Bellini. Yeah, yeah, Bellini. But now that you mention La Norma, for example, you're bringing to my mind the problem of the produce. Of course, you find eggplants here. Of course, mm -hmm. you find tomatoes. And, for example, in Florida, there are some good fresh tomatoes, but it's very hard to find good tomatoes for sauce. They're oh, very boy. good for salads. Yeah, I yeah, know. For salads too, actually, over here in Vancouver. Maybe Florida is different in that regard. Um, it, it's really hard to find a tasty tomato. Tomato is very much a garnish. It's some something yeah. red. Uh, nothing more than that, unfortunately. <laughs> something red. <laughs> yeah. And then there's the third ingredient of the Norma, which is a very important ingredient for other dishes in Italy, uh, the eggplants. So, mm -hmm. the famous eggplant parmigiana. Now, What is the problem with that? I would say for one thing on top of the list, uh, the, the perfect eggplants to make the eggplant parmigiana is the, the kind that we grow in the south and it's almost seedless. So when you use the average eggplants, which is very mm -hmm. seedy, it becomes a little, you know, a little pleasant. You're constantly eating and feeling all these, these little seeds in your mouth and you, you, you kind of want to take them away, but you can't really. Yeah. So. So seedless, I honestly never had seedless eggplants, not even in Milan. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's easier probably from somebody from the north to recreate a dish from the south in North America because they don't really know. <laughs> so. I think you touched an interesting point when you said that uh, some things can be imported, which is true. But I, I think I heard also that recently they have opened the the market furthermore. So basically, they had a stricter law about what could be imported. Mm -hmm. And so I'm eagerly waiting to find some kind of salumi, so-called cats, that mm, I were, wasn't able to find before. Uh, we certainly find the prosciutto di Parma. Mm -hmm. More or less everywhere, it's pricey, but sure we find it. But I have hardly ever found speck or prosciutto cotto or um, a brezaola. These are also very typical, very common, I would say. Oh, yeah. um, in Italy, and I, I really had a hard time finding them here. So I'm waiting eagerly. Yeah, I heard that too, and I'm also looking forward to seeing what's going to change. Uh, I'm lucky that I have a, a store or two that carry these products. It wasn't the same um, like five or ten years ago. They seem to have increased their ability to import stuff. Maybe there's more market for it uh, with more Italians living here. I don't know. Yeah, so with more knowledge of people that travel abroad and come back from Italy and they want to find the same thing. Yeah, it's possible. As you were talking of products or products that you can find, mm -hmm. uh, in some special markets I found, um, for example, the arborio rice, which is not 
everywhere in the supermarkets here, I don't know in Canada, but in, in Florida, there's more of the uh, Southern America kind of rice. Uh, of course, yes. And in fact, the polenta, what I found here is the cornmeal, which they use to make grits, mm -hmm. which I mentioned last time. But polenta is not so easy to find unless you go to a specific Italian supermarket. Uh, so, you know, this is a little bit how we get by with what, what we can find here. Uh, and, and there's also some uh, small uh, entrepreneurs that, that do their best to be very, very faithful to the region. Mm -hmm. Here where I live, there is a, a pizzeria, everybody is from Naples, and they have actually had their oven shipped from Naples, and every once in a while they have a big load of canned tomatoes and flour shipped from Italy. The one only thing they cannot have shipped, of course, is mozzarella because it it's not possible. It's uh, it's against the law, but I must say it's certainly the closest thing to a real Neapolitan pizza I've eaten here. Fantastic! We have a couple of Neapolitan pizzerias, or maybe even three or four. Uh, they just popped up in the last three years, maybe. So as far as pizza goes. We're set. You know, I, I like my anecdotes and you just made me think of something. Uh, people from the area of Campania are so very um, proud of their pizza. Everybody knows that. And um, I once was, uh, was there with a friend of mine who was local and he took me to eat pizza in a place um, where they sell it, the so-called pizza al fazzoletto. It's, it's a smaller pizza that you can fold like a handkerchief. That's what fazzoletto means. Mm -hmm. And they set it on the street normally in, in little stands. So we had this and it was awesome. And then the man asked us, uh, Signorina, how's my pizza? And he said, it's wonderful. I love it. No, truly, honestly, tell me the truth. Because I know I just got out of jail and I'm <laughs> not sure that I remember how to make it perfectly. Such a stereotype though. Eh? What can we do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway. yeah, but see, he was but, doing his best to remember how it used to be. Uh, let's continue. <laughs> let's move on. So you were saying, let's continue with, with more uh, dishes that are hard to, to remake here. Okay, well, in the field of um, meat and fish, I can think of something. Uh, there's certainly very good meat and very good fish too in Florida. One problem might be uh, how these are cut there's no such thing like a a local butcher butcher mm -hmm. here so it's very hard to ask somebody to cut meat in a specific way for example i'm thinking of uh, a dish that we do again in sicily which is the um, bracciole or rolls in voltini mm -hmm. uh, so the, the meat for this kind of dish must be cut very thin so that you can roll it and then cook it quickly. And mm -hmm. it's absolutely impossible to find it here. And same thing said for um, pesce spada, which is another thing we use for a similar dish, swordfish. I see. I've heard many of my Italian friends uh, complaining about seafood like shrimps and clams. And what I find is they're not bad. They are strangely big and and a little chewy you know the consistency is mm -hmm. it's different so if, if you want to make a good dish of spaghetti with seafood it, it just seems a little overwhelming but so you have to change the recipes again you need to adapt and do with what you find yeah i'm finding the same do you have more examples uh, at this very moment, I, I don't think I can think of many more uh, examples as, I mean, as uh, striking as these, of course, there are subtleties and there would be uh, food that is typical of Christmas. I'm thinking of pandoro and panettone and that is possible to be 
made at home, but it's a very long and complex procedure. So that is another thing that you have to hope to find imported in some specific store. Mm -hmm, exactly. You can find some good brands and uh, it's the same uh, uh, panettone that you can buy in Italy. Yeah. The one thing about panettone and pandoro, though, there's no way that you'll find it in Italy in a store past Christmas time. So if you go to a store and they have it in, in March, April, it's definitely stale. So yes, <laughs> just Absolutely. be very um, wary of that. Well, and I think that's all for today. Uh, unless you have something to add. No, thank you. It was fantastic. I, again, uh, thanks for your contribution. As always, very good talking with you. And uh, looking forward to our next conversation. Do you already have an idea for what you would like to talk? Uh, yes, I think I would like to talk about Italian dishes that Americans love and how do they get to know these dishes. So initially they get to know them here and then sometimes when they travel to Italy, they get to meet the real thing. And that could be an interesting topic, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, I think you're, you're onto something here. Thanks so much, Jessica. Thank you, Paolo. Thanks to our listeners. Bye bye. Talk soon. <laughs>